You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everybody, from high atop the Blue Ridge Mountains. I've got a uh, frosty Dr. Pepper in my right hand here. I'm ready to go, and uh, gosh, Richard's even here. I'm here, and I'm drinking my Barry's Irish breakfast tea that I just made, which is absolutely fabulous. So, uh, yeah, we're ready to go and talk about cars and the internal combustion engine and all its wonderful benefits to society. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> you know, you laugh, there's something man? to be said. Hey, hey, but I'm going to tell you what, you know what, I'm thinking that we're going to start talking about the fact that, you know, you and I are, uh, you know, apart from a serious note, you know, we're all about keeping the environment healthy and clean, but we're also, you know, part of, part, part of that is recycling. And most of what we promote is about recycling. Re- restoring vehicles is green, green, green. So if you want to restore an old car, it's very green. The, the greatest carbon footprint of any vehicle is during the manufacturing process, during the mining, during the smelting, and all the other stuff that goes into making all of the components of the vehicle. So if you're doing a restoration, just think what you're doing for the environment. It, it, you're just recycling. Yeah, you're not making that sure that, yeah, you're not making sure that, you know, this all this steel and metal and rubber and glass is filling up the landfill. It's not. You're restoring it, rebuilding it, and you're reusing it. You know, so uh, old car restoration is probably one of the best forms of recycling than probably anything else that uh, humans do. Uh, it, it just has many benefits, and uh, it's also part of history. So we got to keep our history going so future generations can see the cars that were made for transportation of, you know, private society. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing but positives about it. No. I, you know, who, it, we're environmental, very environmentally responsible. Who knew, you know? Uh, Irish breakfast tea. Gosh, you're so sophisticated this morning. I'm telling you. Did, did, well, you did, know, us Sicilians are like that. <laughs> did you get that? You know, you know, you go to Brooklyn for a few days and you come back and you just like full of yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I, after the show, I'm going to be feasting on my Brooklyn bagels and my Italian cookies. So, uh, yeah, I brought back a trunk load of uh, stuff. All good food, so uh, <laughs> it's always fun to do. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to miss all. You're, you're missing out on grits, you know. I'm just saying. But anyway, yeah, they keep it. <laughs> <laughs> moving right along. Um, so next week, um, with April seventh through the ninth, Thursday uh, through Sunday, uh, we've got the uh, AACA uh, national show coming up in Charlotte, North Carolina, at the Motor Speedway. It's uh, put on by the AACA Hornet's Nest region of the AACA. And, uh, man, it's a great, great place to go. It's a great venue. Uh, there's so much to do down there. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, if you bring along family members and they're not interested in cars, 
believe me, there's plenty of things for them to do. Big antique malls, you name it. Everything you ever wanted to do. You'll keep everybody happy. Yeah, um, I'll be there Saturday and Sunday, too, roaming around looking for cars to feature in Crankshaft Magazine. And so, uh, yeah, come on down, folks. Uh, it's a really great event. Yeah, Richard and I will be there. Richard will be out looking for cars to feature. I'll be on the show field judging cars. It's going to be great. So come on down, and I'll tell you, come down on Saturday between 9 and 3 p.m., uh, if you want to see all the cars, we're going to be just on the outside of the speedway up there um, with the AACA Nationals. Then shortly thereafter, uh, April 21st through the 22nd, we're going to have the AACA Nationals in Puerto Rico. Um, we're uh, getting exotic in AACA. Going to have a good show over there. They have a really the Puerto Rico region of the AACA is a great group of people. They put on a wonderful show, and I'll be heading out to that, and, and that'll be a great time. Uh, those folks really know how to be great hosts out there, so it's good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, then after that, we've got the uh, AACA Grand Nationals, which are going to be in Virginia Beach, Virginia. May 19th through 21st, and if you've never been to an AACA Grand National, and I know Richard's going to back me up on this, you need to do it. You need to go. Um, there are a lot of concours in this country, and Richard and I are involved in one form, shape, or another with many of them, but when you look at an AACA Grand National, it has the largest most diverse assembly of the finest cars and, and trucks and motorcycles that you're going to find in the country. It's an amazing opportunity to see great, great, great cars that are exceptionally well done. All of the vehicles that are at an AACA Grand National event, we have the one a year. It's our biggest event, generally speaking, with the exception of, of Hershey in terms of cars, and they all have their AACA Senior First Place Awards before they can come and compete at the Grand National for the Grand National Awards, and so these cars are already fine-tuned and restored to the T when they get to the Grand National, so everything you see there is just exquisite. It's awesome. Am I wrong, Richard? Yeah. I mean, there, there are no street rods. There are no hot rods. There are no late model cars. Everything has to be a minimum of 25 years or older. But they're all restored to factory specs. They're all authentic-looking vintage cars. So if you're restoring an old car and you need to see what one looks like, if you, you know, maybe you may get lucky and there may be one in the show field that's just like yours and, uh, yeah, they're just fabulous events, and they're free. So come on down. We love free, free, free. Yeah, free, free is good. Um, and then the next time Richard and I get together, it's going to be for the Greenbrier Concourse, and that's going to be May 6th through 8th in uh, White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. If you've never been to the Greenbrier, it's a fascinating place. Uh, that's where the infamous bunker is. And that was where all of our elected officials were supposed to uh, be 
carried off to in the event of nuclear war or some other uh, catastrophic event. And, uh, you know, while the rest of us got quick fried to a crackly crunch, our uh, elected officials would be all safe down in the uh, bunker, as it was called, up there at the Greenbrier, where they had their own air and water filtration and all those good things, while the rest of us were, you know, uh, suffocating Make up on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, isn't, isn't that nice of them? Yeah. That- <laughs> yeah. Our, our politicians are always thinking about our welfare, you know. <laughs> vaporized so anyway um, so you know we were going to talk about a couple of different things uh, today one of those is uh, tools and you know tools are probably one of the most important aspects of anything you're going to use um, within the automotive hobby if you don't have a good set of tools you're really severely handicapped. I mean, you know, if you've got the uh, Globe Master tool set from uh, Family Dollar, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> you better not break down because your tools aren't going to survive. You've really got to have good quality tools. And I know a lot of us, you know, I go out, I buy a lot of craftsman tools, but I buy a lot of old craftsman tools. Uh, you'll find me anywhere and everywhere going to old estate sales and garage sales and things of that nature. And I've actually learned uh, how to identify the older craftsman tools because they were just really good tools. Um, great tools without spending the kind of money that you spend for, say, Snap-on or Mac or, or others. Um, as we like to say, cheap tools are bad, and they are bad. Right. Especially if you're using like a pry bar or something like that, it has to be quality metal because you don't want that pry bar to snap while you're putting pressure on it and then it goes in, you know, a chunk of metal goes into your eye and you get blind. And of course, you know, every time you use a pry bar, you should always have safety goggles on anyway, but uh, there's, you know, less of a chance of it breaking when it's a quality steel, you know, especially made in America. So, uh, you know, in the long run, expensive tools are less expensive because you don't have to keep replacing them and you don't have to, uh, you know, replace rune fasteners that, you you know, you round off the head with cheap tools because, this, because the metal's so soft. So, uh, you know, it, it's like the old commercial, you know, that Fram commercial, pay me now or pay me later, something like that. So, uh, yeah, quality tools are very important. Pay me now or pay me later. Gosh, you're, you're old. Yeah, thank God I'm younger than you are. Makes me feel better. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> screwdrivers, screwdrivers, I will tell you, you know, the worst thing you can have in your toolbox is a cheap screwdriver. Uh, buy decent screwdrivers. One, you know, it, it keep you from busting your knuckles. But even more importantly than that, it's going to get that fastener out easier, quicker, and with less damage to the head. Um, you know, and that the other thing is, you know, don't use a number one Phillips when you should be using a number two Phillips. Always choose the proper bit for the fastener that you've got because if you 
use the wrong bit size, whether it's a number one, number two, etc., and you try to either tighten or loosen, you're going to end up screwing up the uh, the fastener head, and then you're going to be stuck in a situation where you've got a fastener that doesn't want to come out, and there's nothing worse. I mean, nothing will ruin your day like, you know, stuck fastener. Um, you know, the Phillips head screws, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting little side story, but uh, Phillips head screws were developed in Canada, and then offered to, they were thinking they were going to make a lot of money using them in the uh, automotive industry, and they approached Henry Ford with it, and Henry was going to use Phillips head screws, this is back in the early 30s, I guess, mid early to mid 30s, and um, he wanted more control over how the screws how the screws and the screwdrivers, everything, how the fasteners, all of it was made. Henry always wanted to control the Canadians that had the uh, patents. They didn't want to fool with Henry. So they held on to them, and then in 1938, they were able to get General Motors to start using screw, uh, Phillips head screws, using them on Cadillacs. They were a little bit... Uh, the slotted screws and the Phillips head screws were a little bit more sloppy than uh, some of the other types of fasteners that were made, you know, like the ones with the, the square uh, shank that goes into the uh, fastener head, uh, which tended to slip less. Um, but the automotive industry liked it because if you put too much torque on these uh, slotted or the Phillips heads, it would pop out, the, uh, and it wouldn't break the, break the fastener off. So anyway, just a little sidebar. On, well, you know, speaking of screwdrivers, uh, speaking of screwdrivers, uh, Snap-on years ago came out with screwdrivers that had a triangular handle, and the reason they do that is because it it kind of fits more snugly in your hand, and you could put more twisting pressure or or torque. When you're when you're trying to tighten or loosen uh, a fastener, and a lot of other uh, screwdriver manufacturers started copying that. So if you see screwdrivers with a triangular handle or one that's covered in you know rubber, those are the ones you want to get. Okay, you guys, don't let's slip uh, round handle because break. you can't you know twist anything. We're up against a break, we'll be back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. 
That's www.americaswebradio.com. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Boom. We're back. So, what, what Richard said was really important, you know, and that's the other end of the screwdriver. You've got the head that goes into the fastener, and equally as important is the handle. You know, if you, you go, go to uh, Family Dollar and you buy that... Uh, four dollar screwdriver set they've got that hard plastic handle on it that hurts your hand and everything and the uh uh the bit it's made out of recycled uh latas from the uh former eastern europe so anyhow you you want to do do your job if you get the right fastener for the i mean the right screwdriver for the right fastener and get something with a good handle just buy good good set of screwdrivers because it's really going to save you a whole lot of trouble you guys are going to love us for telling you that i'm serious um something else you need to really be good uh do your job on and that is going out and getting decent sockets you you need good sockets you need a good socket wrench sockets generally the either six point or twelve point and there's an application for for both. Um, you'll want to be careful, though. Sometimes, if you've got something particularly you know difficult to remove in the automotive end of things, try to use stay with the six point. If you use a twelve point, and you're going to you know take off a manifold bolt, for for instance, your chances for rounding that bolt off are much higher with the twelve point than the six point if you can get it on yeah. there. Um, yeah, you know. Absolutely correct. I love six-point sockets. That you could put so much more torque on and twisting off that that hard to get off bolt. So you really do need both can, six uh, points and twelve points, and you also need deep sockets too. May May I interrupt for one second and Absolutely. and talk about uh, because I'm not near as knowledgeable as you two gentlemen are, and. Uh, being handicapped with a degree from Texas Tech, uh, you know, you try to make a metric work on SAE or vice versa, bad idea. You want to talk about that for two seconds? That's always a bad yeah. idea. Right. I mean, metrics and SAE, they're really close, but there's enough of a difference that you could round off, you know, the head of a fastener if you don't use the correct tool. So, you know... Uh, it's tough. You don't want to mix metrics with SAEs, but, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to have both because especially if you're working on newer cars today, a lot of the fasteners are metrics. So you really do need 
both uh, older American cars, of course, are all SAE. So, uh, yeah, you know, before you know it, you're getting, you're going to have a nice selection of tools, and uh, because they're all different, you know, you just need to cover all your bases when you're taking things apart. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely don't want to be using the, I know everybody loves to use, I think it's, what is it, 10 millimeter for half, SAE. Um, you know, in the end, it's a little shortcut, and it's really tempting to try to get these things to work interchangeably. But David's right, it's absolutely something you want to avoid because it's, in the end it's going to damage the fastener. If you damage the fastener, it's going to make it make your job more difficult. And if you damage the fastener and make your job more difficult, you're going to be unhappy. And then that, that's that's bad for the restoration. So um, what favorite tool is in your garage, Tom? Well, you know, I think, well, I have several, believe it or not, actually. I, I love, and I, I do not condone the use of adjustable wrenches. I think adjustable wrenches, for the most part, are the bane of every restorer, every auto mechanic. However, there are always those situations that you find yourself in. May may I interrupt one more Where? time? You, you realize what that you adjustable may. wrench is called, don't you? Particularly by Texans. It's called an Oklahoma socket. <laughs> Oklahoma socket. <laughs> I never heard that. That's funny. I mean, adjustable wrenches are good for assembling furniture or things like that, but you don't want to use them on, you know, cars. So <laughs> that's funny. But, but. So, you know, you, but you do occasionally find the situation where you really do need to use one. Um, and when you do, there's one out that works exceptionally well, and it's made by Stanley. And it actually has a vice grip type lever on it so that you actually snug the adjustable wrench up on the, on the nut. And then you, much like you do with the vice grip, you clamp down and it tightens it and locks it in place. Um, so when you do have to use an adjustable wrench, and it's rare that you do, and I don't condone that you use it very often, because, again, it's going to damage your fastener, it's going to ruin your day, ruin your life, it's going to be terrible. But the Stanley adjustable wrench with the uh, lock lever on it is just a great, great tool. But beyond that, Richard, um, my blast cabinet, I love it. Me too, that's what I was going to say. I love my medium <laughs> blast cabinet. That is the best. Great tool. I'm so glad I bought it. In fact, I bought mine at Hershey. I bought it from TP Tools over in the uh, Redfield. Yeah, what ah, a great tool. I did too. I did too. Um, you know, it has the vacuum system on there to get the uh, excess dust out of the uh, cabinet chamber. I, I love it. I absolutely. It's, it's probably... Um, I don't know. Some of my happiest moments have been spent using the blast cabinet. It, you get that immediate gratification too. You know, if, you, if all of us are going through the restoration process, we want things to look new. We want things to look good because it gives us a sign of progress. When you're using your blast cabinet, it gives you immediate gratification. You're, you're, you're getting making headway as opposed to you know when you round off a bolt or something and then you know you got another three hours on your job blast cabinet is awesome and you'll want yeah, to research the paint come off 
Yeah, you're watching yeah. the paint come off. You're watching the rust come off. It's, it's kind of mesmerizing, and you're just getting into this zone, and you don't want to stop until that metal part is looking <laughs> brand new again. And then you look at it and go, oh, this is cool. i got to do another one. Where, where's another part? Then you start looking around the garage, looking for another part that you could blast, you know? Even if you don't need to blast something, you want to blast something. <laughs> it's true. It's the truth. It's it's like a, like a religious awakening or something. It's it's a heck of a lot lot of fun. Um, it is. Now to drive now to drive that you're going to need a good compressor too. Um, don't yeah. go to Harbor Freight and buy the thirty nine ninety five air compressor and think that you're going to run that blast cabinet and you're going to be happy and as excited as Richard and I are to use ours, it isn't going to happen. Um, you really need a good air compressor and that's one thing that I didn't have for many years and I struggled bumping along with a single stage air compressor with a three horsepower engine on or three horsepower motor on it and I didn't realize what I was missing. I mean, once I went to a, a two-stage air compressor with what I've got now, there's like a six-horse electric motor on it, um, it'll do anything I need it to do. It'll run all my air tools, but even more importantly, it runs the blast cabinet. And, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, Richard says, mine, is, mine is a 60-gallon tank, and sometimes I wish I had an 80-gallon tank. Because you do use up all the air, and when you know if you got you know, you know twenty thirty parts that you need to be blasting, you you know, it just keeps going. But I got a sixty gallon tank, twin cylinder, and uh, you know, uh, it works. It works a charm. It really does. Uh, you got to have it. I can't see how anybody could work on old cars without having a blast cabinet. Well, not so much work on it, but restore them. You know, there's only you got to get that corrosion off you got to get the old paint off you don't want to sit there with sandpaper which which doesn't work but uh yeah treat yourself to a blast cabinet it'll be like the greatest tool you ever owned and you'll never want to leave the garage once you get working on it no it's it's, it's true i mean i can spend hours with the blast cabinet with the music playing in the background and just blasting away uh you'll want to do your research to make sure that you're using the proper media um, for your blast um, cabinet, usually I, I tend to use glass beads for the most part. But if you're doing internal engine components or anything of that nature where you need to clean up something that's a precision part, you'll probably want to look at using something like walnut shells, crushed walnut shells and things of that nature that are going to clean that part, but it's not actually going to remove material from it. You can use everything from something like Black Beauty, which has you know very sharp edges on it as a blast media. Um, and it'll take off rust in a heartbeat, but it removes a lot of material. It's very aggressive. So you'll want to make sure that you're using, again, you've got to use the right stuff for the right job. And, uh, yeah, you don't want to use sand. Right. You don't no. want to use sand. That's the worst because it has silica in it, and you don't want to breathe in those, that you know, the silica, you know, the dust. You know, so, uh, yeah, sand is not what you use. Uh if, if if you go to you know do some research on the web, I know TP Tools uh, has a variety of media that you could buy, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to use the right media for the right things, especially when if, if you're if you're doing brass. You know, brass is a soft metal. You don't want to use something too sharp that will destroy the brass. So, uh, yeah, uh, you got to do some research, but it's a lot of fun. Okay, break time, folks. Time for a break. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. So, So, what do you want to talk about next? Well, before we leave the whole blast cabinet thing... You know, don't buy a cheap blast cabinet. Buy a decent blast cabinet from somebody like TP. You'll want to have a dust vacuum system to go with that because it's going to keep your work area clean and clear of all this dust so you can actually see what you're doing. But more than that, it's going to keep the dust level down in your garage and your workspace, and it's going to help keep you from breathing all that stuff in, all the silica and everything else that's associated with it. And, uh, you know, so you want to, want to get a decent blast cabinet. And you, 
you can do that for not a ton of money. So it's it's a really good thing. Um, before we leave the tools, you know, hammers. Hammers are another thing. You know, the one thing that drives me crazy is to walk into someone's garage. They're working on something, and they're using a claw hammer. They're using a carpenter's oh, hammer. You know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's just no. Don't do it. You know, it's meant to build houses, not to work on automobiles. It drives me nuts. And uh, there's lots of different hammers too for different applications. You've got a, you know, your your ball peen hammer that comes in very handy. Then you've got for more delicate operations where you don't want to, you know, destroy something. You know, we all know. We'd rather not use hammers when we're doing our mechanical and restoration work, unless you're, you know, beat, beating panels. But every once in a while, you got to use one. So you use the right one for the right application, just like everything else that we've talked about. You use a brass hammer on something that you don't want to destroy or mushroom. You know, it, the brass is soft. It'll take the impact. Rubber hammer. You know, if you're going to be putting on, you know, knocking two interference fit items together, use a rubber hammer. Um, that'll get the job done without marring the finish or destroying things. You know, it, they're helpful to put on uh, things like hubcaps and other, you know, other items that you're going to find when you're working on the car. There's also the dead blow hammer, which is generally uh, plastic with shot inside and that's another good hammer to use if you're going to be you know bumping something you want to get things moved along use a dead blow hammer it's worth checking up on all this stuff doing a little bit of research so that you know you educate yourself and uh don't let me find you using a claw hammer please no it's the thought of it um just makes me sick. Oh, and one other thing, you know, I bought something recently that I had sort of poo-pooed for a while, and that is a rechargeable impact wrench. Um, I finally broke down. I, uh, folks that work for me for a gift gave me a gift certificate to a particular place, and I put a little money on top of it and went in and I got a impact wrench that is, you know, has a lithium uh, ion battery on it. And it works so well. And I, you know, I mean, I used to think, you know, whenever I went to use it, use something like that, if I were to, that it, the battery would constantly go dead, things of that nature. It's great. If I'm going to uh, change, change wheels, I use that thing. I can go through, I bet you I could change the wheels and tires on four cars and not have to recharge the battery on that thing. You know, and yeah, the prices of them have come down. Yeah, they're great. For, you know, I've seen people bucks. use regular sockets on those, and you can't. you got to use impact sockets. It's made of a stronger uh, forged steel. But you don't want the socket to, you know, explode as you're trying to get a uh, a <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Boy, 
Yeah, you don't. Um, and that's another thing. Again, we can't stress it enough. Use the proper tool for the proper application. It's not only going to prevent you from destroying your fasteners, which is going to ruin your whole day, trust me, or worse yet, as Richard says, using the wrong socket or a, a non-impact socket with an impact wrench, the thing's going to pop loose, explode, fragment, whatever, and boom, now you've, you know, damaged an eye, and then you're on your way to the hospital, and, you know, you've just added $4,000 to the cost of your restoration. There, Boom, there you go. Yep, don't be a don't cheapskate. Wanna. Cheap tools are no good. Use the right tool, because you don't want to get whacked in the head, and boom, before you know it, you're in the hospital. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> boom, there it is. Um, well, you know, that, the other, besides the dead blow hammer... Besides a dead blow hammer, if if you have uh, cars with wire wheels and you have knockoffs, you don't want to use a steel hammer. You want to use a lead hammer uh, because the lead takes a, a bit of the cushion and it doesn't mar the finish of the uh, knockoff. And also you need a brass hammer for softer metals that you need to bang into place. And also, let's not forget the most important tool, vice grip. <laughs> you got to have no. some vice grip. <laughs> gotta have vice grip. It's well, true. Yeah, what well, we we'd be without vice grips. <laughs> and buy good vice grips. Don't buy cheap ones. The yeah, you the want cheap the locking ones. one, right? Yeah, buy good. The ones buy made good by stuff. vice grip. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Cool. All right. All others are just imitation. Now, the one tool that I and I'm going to keep preaching this. The one tool that you can't be without, and that's a fire extinguisher. It's not really a tool. But yet it is, because when you need to use it, just like any other tool, it's going to save your butt. You need it. Right. And there is, and we'll talk about it next week, I'm just kind of getting up to speed on it, but there's a, a new fire extinguisher out, which doesn't leave all that white residue. Years ago, we used to use Halon uh, fire extinguishers, but uh, our EPA has decided that uh, it's bad for you. And, uh, you know, Richard, they were worried about him sucking up all the fumes from that uh, Halon fire extinguisher. But we've got something that's new out now um, that uh, will put your fire out and not create a huge uh, caustic mess, um, which some of the fire extinguishers will do now. Um, but we can maybe shift gears just a little bit talk about chemicals some of the chemicals in the garage and we start out by talking about uh penetrance um penetrating oils things of that nature we were talking about fasteners and how you don't want to destroy your fasteners using the wrong tool on the other end of things if you're dealing with old cars you got rusty bolts you got rusty nuts you got rusty this and that and the other thing so you're going to need to have good quality penetrating oils and just like everything else we've talked about you got to use the right product for the right application and that's going to help you out a, a, a lot to do that um so what's the and what's the everybody mistake that so many people make they use wd-40 it, yes and exactly. you don't wd-40 is 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 a lubricant it disperses water. That's why it's called WD. Uh, it's a water dispersant. You want to use something like Liquid Wrench or PB Blaster. And the thing is, 
when I need to, uh, you know, have some really rusty or, or you know, uh, firm fasteners loosened, I, I, I spray them the day before, and I go back in the garage two or three times, and then the next day, because you want, you know, you want that penetrant to soak in and get inside the threads. And then you'd be surprised how much easier that fastener will come apart. So, yeah, not WD-40. That's good stuff. But you don't want to use it for, you know, uh, to loosening up bolts because that's not what it's designed for. No, WD-40 is a protectant um, above all. I mean, there are a lot of uses for WD-40, but its original application was used to... uh, protect the outer shell of Atlas missiles <laughs> during during the 1950s to prevent yep. rusting. And that WD, water displacement, and it was the 40th formulation uh, that they tried that worked the best. And so hence the name. It It's amazing, though. There are more cans of WD-40 in households by percentage than even iPods. I mean, people use this stuff for everything, and there's a lot of folklore around it, too. A lot of people even think that WD-40 is good for arthritis. Trust me, it's not. It's bad for you. (laughs) Richard, quit using it on your your arthritis, okay? It's just not good. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. And you know what's another great great, uh, chemical to have? Uh, I always have a gallon of DuPont Prepsol. Uh, it's a degreaser. And you use that, you know, to clean the surface uh, of the car body before you paint it. But I use it to clean, you know, metal parts because, you know, it just works so great. I mean, you know, uh, PBG has their own version and there are other versions out there. I just always use DuPont's Prepsol. And, uh, yeah, you've got to remove, you know, the contaminants because... You know, once you spray those fasteners with the, uh, uh, you know, uh, PB blaster or liquid wrench, there's, there's kind of, you know, there, there's lubricants in there, and it gets on the surface. And uh, there's some silicone sometimes and grease and oil-based. And you want to clean that before you do, you know, any painting or spraying. So you got to use Prepsol. You'd be surprised how often you will use it. And it's one of those must-have chemicals that you got to have in the garage. At all times. No, I, I've, I've used it, too, and you're absolutely right. It, it, it's great at cleaning stuff up. Um, you know, talking about lubricants and the, the WD-40. WD-40 is great to displace water. You know, if you're driving your, your old car and, say, you run through some heavy rain and water and it gets up into your distributor cap or up onto your wires and so forth and you've got some cross-firing arcing going on, you can spray it with WD-40, and that will displace that water, and it'll get you back on the road. But it's not going to do the job when you're trying to free up all those uh, rusty nuts and bolts. You want to use something something else. Um, and there are several studies that have been done. In fact, there are dozens of studies that have been done on various uh, lubricants lubricants and penetrating oils. Um, you know, One of the ones that performed exceedingly well um, it's from the volunteer state, Richard. It's from your new home down there, and that's uh, Kano Labs. Kano Labs, they're out of uh, Nashville. Originated in uh, Chicago, I believe, back in the 50s, but uh, for the last 40 years they've been in Nashville, Tennessee, and that's Kano Labs, and they uh, make Croil, K 
K-R-O-I-L, Croyle. And Croyle has oh, a I number heard about of... That. It is awesome stuff. It's fabulous. It always uh, performs at the top of all these tests that have been done by various universities and laboratories across the country over the years. Um, it has been cited as the best penetrant lubricant um, on the market for, for rusty fasteners. And it has a component of, of pine oil and um, various solvents and lubricants break, and so forth. On. A proprietary blend. Coming up on um, last break. Well, if it's made in Tennessee, then it's got to be good. Uh-oh. So I'm going to buy it. That's right. <laughs> We're uh, up on a break. Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268- 4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind jc taylor and now back to the classic car show on america's web radio with tom cox and richard lentinello so we're talking about the lubricants and you know don't use the wd-40 for arthritis uh you use it to displace water and uh to uh, get you out of a bind if your distributor gets wet or something of that nature but we're talking about cano uh k-a-n-o croil 
which is an exceptionally good penetrant. Um, you know, if you deal with antique cars long enough, you're probably going to end up buying a project that has a stuck engine. You know, whether there's a piston stuck or or something's going on in there, and you'll fill up the cylinders with a particular product in hopes that it's going to free everything up so you can get everything rotating again and perhaps even get it running again at some point without having to disassemble the entire uh, engine, which I've done before. Uh, you want to use something that's really good. And a lot of people use Croil. Uh, there were also some studies done over the last few years where universities and laboratories made their own type of uh, penetrant lubricant and something you can actually make at home that scored very, very highly. And in fact, at times, uh, it was the top performer. And it's a 50-50 mix of automatic transmission fluid and acetone. Um, but you have to use the older uh, transmission fluids when you go to make this concoction. Um, and I use a uh, type F uh, transmission fluid. Mix it with 50-50 with acetone. Uh, keep it in a steel container. Um, I use the... Uh, an acetone uh, can, gallon container, uh, you know, because you don't want to just put it in some plastic bottle or something because the acetone will eat through it at some point in time, and then you'll have a mess, potentially a fire hazard. But it works really, really well. And, in fact, when I've, I've used Croil before, and then I went back and used the ATF and acetone mix, um, I had great results, and I've loosened up several engines uh, using it. It works really, really well. So think about that. Think about the Keno Croil. And then um, in these studies, generally speaking, if you look at all of them, liquid wrench, just regular old standard liquid wrench performed really well, followed by PV Blaster. Um, they did really well. But uh, do your research again. We'll, I know we'll talk about this more on another show at some point in time. But uh, the proper penetrant lubricant for the job. Uh, WD-40 is not to free up loose nuts and bolts. You might, and for instance, it'll stop squeaks, but lithium grease is the best at stopping squeaks, the best thing to use on, on hinges, automotive hinges, door hinges, things of that nature. So uh, anyhow. You don't, you don't use olive oil? Ah, yes, I... Come on. I know. You you use olive oil for everything. But you know what? If you didn't have ATF, believe it or not, in, uh, you can use a vegetable oil 50-50 yes. with the acetone. And yeah, that works. That I heard about that. Right. Olive oil. You could use olive oil and acetone and like any good Sicilian would. And uh, yeah, yeah, there you as go. You're driving, as, as you're driving, you've got this beautiful aroma. That you're smelling, and it makes you want to go home and make spaghetti. You know, come on, <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there by dinner time, okay? Especially since you brought all that good stash back from Brooklyn. <laughs> so hey. we we don't want to miss out on the most scintillating moment in uh, our show, and that is. Uh, the pick of the week. 
And this week's pick of the week is a 1948. Oh, yeah, it is. It's really good because it's cheap, and cheap cars are good. Cheap cars are good. 1948. Yes, they are. 1948 Nash 600 Super. Uh, 1948 Nash 600 Super. It's a coupe, folks, and that was the 1948 was the only year that Nash had a coupe in the 600, uh, a business coupe in the 600 lineup. Um, this car looks to have been restored back in the probably the 70s. Um, it was probably made out of uh, Richard's old tuxedo from his uh, high school prom. Um, it's got lots of velour in the interior of it but you know what it's not so bad you know and that's if that's the worst thing that's going to happen to you um you know so what uh, $3,500 um for this car it's got the 172 cubic inch uh fire breathing flathead six cylinder engine in it coupled which to is frozen eight. right it is frozen and then you yeah, can use the croil use some croil you spend thirty five hundred dollars, you get the car, and you buy some oil to put in the right. uh, put in the engine, or some ATF, or olive olive oil and acetone uh, to go in there. Yes, extra virgin. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> the uh, it's got a uh, overdrive transmission in it. Uh, it's a very solid car, and it was called the Nash six hundred. Because it would travel, generally speaking, 600 miles on a tank of gas. Um, the Nash 600 was a, a thrifty car. And even though gasoline was, you know, I don't know, can't remember what it was back in the late 40s, probably, you know, 19 cents a gallon, people were worried about gas mileage. And this little guy would deliver 25 to 30 miles per gallon. Um, and this is a good-looking car. It's a good-looking good car, right? Car. Yeah. yeah. I 40. mean, uh, you cruise into a cruise night or cars and coffee, you'll be the only one. No duplicates. You'll stand out in the crowd. Yeah, cool car. Cheap price. No, it's a great deal, great price. Uh, for me, uh, the 48 Nash is one of my favorites. Um, I'm a little biased. I've got a 48 uh, Nash Ambassador Super. Um, and it's a great car. It's got the overhead uh, overhead valve engine, and it's got a little bit more oomph than the uh, venerable flat six. But uh, you know, hey, it's a great car to work on. They're easy to easy to get parts for. Believe it or not, if you get involved in the clubs, Nash Car Club of America, AACA, um, you name it, and you'll be able to find the parts that you need to keep the car on the road. But it's a great deal. We're going to be posting it. Um, I'm going to put it up on the on our Facebook page, uh, which is uh, the Classic Car Show on Facebook, and I'm going to pop this up there so that you guys can take a look at it and see how great cheap cars can be. Because cheap cars are good. They're a lot of fun. Um, right. A lot of fun, and uh, this will be a great car. It's just a good good looker. And, uh, you know, interesting to note, too, that uh, the Nash 600 was the first mass-produced, fully unitized construction car in the U.S. Um, you know, so 
uh, a real pioneer in, in unitized construction or, or unibody uh, technology. And, in fact, they were built so well that when uh, Ford Motor Company was de- developing the 58 Lincoln, was, which was to be the largest uh, unibody car built, they brought in a Nash and took it apart, a Nash 600, and took it apart to see exactly how all the welds and everything else were done on it. So, so it's cool stuff, cool stuff. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of all cars, I'm going to be hitting the road now. I'm going down to Chattanooga for the big cruising, like 2,000 cars by uh, Coca Tire there. And uh, it's going to be a fun day. So if anybody's in the listening audience that's going to be at the Chattanooga cruising, I'll see you later. Yes, definitely. You're going to be looking for cars to feature in crankshaft. So, yeah, we're handing out crankshaft brochures and all that stuff, and looking for cars to feature in the magazine. And God, wrap her up, folks. Get out of the house and meet people. You know, car people are cool. They're the best people yeah. on earth. Get off the couch and and get in the garage. That's what you need to do. Get off, get off the couch and okay, do guys, something with your it. life. <laughs> God bless America and our active duty and retired service people, too. Thanks for everything you do. Take care, folks. We'll see you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.